Hello, everyone. This is Culture Comes and Cocktails, the podcast with internal comms served straight up. I'm your host, Chuck Gross, Senior Strategic Advisor at Social Chorus. And on this episode of Culture Comes and Cocktails, we have Mike Wilkin, Manager of External Communications and PR at UNFI, also notable sports card collector and Almond Joy nut, pun intended. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Hey, Chuck. Thanks for having me. Uh, so we'll get to the sports card collector stuff a little bit later, the Almond Joy Nut. I got, had the privilege of working with you and the UNFI team over the last several months, so we've gotten to learn a little bit more about each other. Uh, but I did want to share for everyone here, Mike, share with us, like, where does the podcast find you today, and how are you and the people you care about doing uh, during this pandemic? Yeah, Chuck, like a lot of people, I guess, uh, working remote, I've been doing that uh, probably since early March. I'm in a small town just southwest of Minneapolis with my uh, my wife, Erin, and my two daughters, uh, Sally and Mackenzie. Uh, It's been crazy going from, uh, you know, distance learning, having them around, uh, you know, communicating during a pandemic you know, summer vacation and then sending the kids back to school. So a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting through. Everybody's having a good time trying to make the best of it, uh, probably like everybody else. Now, we're going we're gonna to get some easier questions later, but I want to get this, this hard one out of the way. Uh, you know, when we, early 2020, we helped uh, UNFA launch UConnect with, with you and the comms team there at, at the company, not knowing a pandemic was coming. Um, so there's obviously that to deal with from a communication standpoint, but also, as you shared, being in uh, Minnesota and Minneapolis, very close to it, uh, dealing with the George Floyd murder and the protests and then some of the looting that ended up happening as a result of it. So as a comms professional, how did you begin managing communications when, yes, it's a pandemic, but UNFI, given what what you do, and go into a little bit about who UNFI is, uh, busier than ever, but also having that civil unrest right in your backyard. How did you manage all of those things? Yeah, I mean, uh, 2020 has been crazy. Um, for us, you know, it started, like you said, right, with with creating Uconnect and, and really to let people understand a little bit more about UNFI, we are a grocery wholesaler, right? We're, we're, we're national uh, in, in, in every regard. We have 59 distribution centers. We service, you know, over 30,000 independent retailers throughout the United States. So basically our job is to help put food on shelves. Uh, we also do have a couple retail banners, you know, one here located in Minneapolis. Uh, it's the number one market share. It's a, it's a banner called Cub. Uh, we also have another one out on the East Coast called Shoppers. Uh, so for us, right, I mean, not only the pandemic itself, but yeah, the, the George Floyd murders, they, they have hit home in more ways than one. So we started Uconnect uh, probably right around the 1st of February, uh, you know, getting involved, uh, you know, with a lot of, you know, kind of our corporate community, our corporate offices, you know, that that really had a strong thirst to to communicate not only to their teams, but to the broader organization. So we're going through this pilot program and a month and a half in, yeah, COVID hits. And I still remember getting the call and I don't know if you remember as well, but, um, you know, COVID really started out in kind of that Seattle, Washington area, you know, and, and we have, a, you know, not only a distribution center. We, we had one in, in Tacoma, um, you know, and, and, and the Pacific Northwest is a very, you know, big area for us as far as distribution. We also had offices uh, out there. So uh, those offices were probably the first to close inside of our organization. Also our corporate office out in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, where another, you know, kind of hot spot uh, was, was started. But for us, the cool part, I mean, it, it's weird saying the cool part is kind of bittersweet, right? It's, you know, we're shutting down an office, we're sending people home, we're telling them to work work from home. This is a, a 
big time of uncertainty. Uh, we don't know for how long. I, I think I make the joke of when we left, I looked at my team and said, hey, I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. And it's been, what, uh, you know, nine months. Uh, so, but we're sending people home, which, which is, you know, this time of unknowing what's going to really happen. But the cool part is we're able to tell them, hey, we're piloting this new communications tool, tool called Uconnect. And we want you to all be on it. We've created a Tacoma office channel specifically for you guys to have your own conversations, you know, whether it's about, uh, you know, uh, thoughts on working remote and how to do it, you know, the best way, uh, or just what's happening in the office. Can I go back? Can I get anything, you know, just really keeping employees updated. So, so for us, it was, it was awesome to have this tool available to us. Uh, right at the start of the pandemic, and since that time, you know, we've we've quickly grown uh, the the number of registrants on the platform. I, th I think our goal was to have maybe a thousand, uh, you know, people on the platform by August. Uh, we're now almost at seven thousand. Uh, you know, that it just it quickly grew. It, it went away from just getting a small group to let's get as many people on it as we possibly can. So that that was super cool. Um, and then, like you mentioned, uh, the George Floyd murder, you know, happened. And again, that's that's right in in my backyard. I'm a lifelong Minnesotan. Um, it's right in the backyard of thousands of of associates for for UNFI. Um, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, just maybe kind of take a moment. You know, like like I said, lifelong Minnesotan. You know, there's this phrase about Minnesota nice, and I don't care where you stand on this subject, right? Nothing about this is Minnesota nice. You know, for to see an event that started here create this national civil unrest is is really eye-opening uh, for, for all of us in flyover country. Um, and, and frankly, you know, we needed to have a lot of conversations about it, not only about what was happening uh, with the protests here locally and uh, what was happening, uh, frankly, at our stores, we did have uh, two of our retail locations uh, were were more than significantly damaged. They they're still closed to this day, um, and several others, you know, were were looted as well. Um, so it caused it caused for us to have conversations not only about the murder and and what's happening, you know, with the protests and our offices and our people safe, um, but then conversations about what does all this mean. You know, what does this mean for us as a company, who we are, uh, who do we want to be? Um, and frankly, through through Uconnect and, and a couple other communication vehicles, we were able to have um, really in-depth needed conversations uh, that that a lot of us probably were, um, that would have made us a lot, you know, uneasy uh, to have, uh, you know, before before the incident. But, but through the platform, it helped us, um, you know, come together. Uh, a little bit closer as a company, probably understand a little bit more. We're not solving the world's problems, obviously, um, you know, in, in one fell swoop here. We're not boiling the ocean, as my coworker Mary always says. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, hopefully we're we're creating a better understanding of, of where everybody's at and uh, and where we're at as a company at the same time. Yeah, th thanks for, for going into that, because I think that's important, because obviously this this pandemic and everything that's happened around it has impacted a lot of companies in a lot of different ways. And I know that communicators like hearing the, the real stories of, of how companies have responded. So, so thanks for going into that. And you mentioned about Uconnect launching. When you look at the, uh, what makes Uconnect unique in this is the prevalence of employees being involved and then employee generated content. And, and I don't know that few people are as big of fans of employee generated content as much as, as I am. So how did you, how did you encourage that? Or was it simply getting out of the way? How, how did employees end up responding in such a, a large way where it's a vast majority or, or, a, or a big majority of 
the content that's in Uconnect. Yeah, I, I touched on this maybe maybe too briefly at the beginning, but but the reason why we developed or you know had went with Social Course to develop Uconnect was 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 really out of necessity. Um, our our ability to communicate with our entire workforce was adequate at best. And what do I mean by that? Well, we have twenty one thousand associates across the nation. Uh, less than just maybe about 9,000 of those have a corporate email address. So like I mentioned, we have 59 distribution centers. We have people that are out on forklifts, drivers, they're selecting product all day long. You know, they're not in front of a computer. They're not able to, to email or anything like that. So, you know, it, it's hard as a communicator where you're not able to communicate with more than half of your company. Um, so super cool to be able to, to have that tool available to us. In the pilot program, we were really strategic about the groups that we that we wanted to be a part of, uh, part of Uconnect at the beginning, right? Like I mentioned, our, our HR team, um, you know, has a ton, a wealth of information that they're, they're always looking to, to distribute out to, to employees. Not to mention our CHRO, she's been our executive sponsor of Uconnect since the beginning, super awesome leader, and great to have her in our corner for this. You know, she wanted everybody on the HR team to be on the platform. We also got a, several of our uh, sales teams uh, involved. Our Atlantic region specifically was, was part of our pilot program. Uh, I don't know a salesperson uh, out there that doesn't like telling stories and what's happening. So, you know, great to get them on the platform. Um, and then, you know, our safety team, uh, safety is of the utmost importance uh, to, to anybody, you know, really any company, but really in the distribution, you know, and wholesale game, it's, it's even more so, especially probably during a pandemic of all things. Um, you know, so we, we got them involved as well. So the cool part for us was the groups that were part of the pilot um, have stories, they have things to tell, they have, you know, you know, news that desperately needs to get out to, to everybody, you know, throughout the organization. Um, but then there are also just individuals, you know, part of that pilot that like con consuming the info. So the way we started Uconnect, you know, was strategic, but it helped us get people with stories on the platform at the onset to, to help them tell that. And I've always said, right, I mean, keep doing great things so that we can tell great stories. And that's, that's what those people are doing. They're doing great things all day long. They're telling those stories and getting them out there. So as it, more individuals came on the platform, they're seeing these initial groups, you know, communicating you know, frankly, uh, you know, right off the bat to them. And, and they're saying, okay, hey, not only is, is Uconnect kind of, I mean, the, the mobile app itself, right? It's got this digital, social, cool, you know, vibe to it. It's, it facilitates individuals to, to, to share, you know, whether that's through commenting, liking, or actually, you know, posting themselves. So um, we've been really fortunate that, that people have great stories to share, that they are sharing them, um, and that we have the platform like Uconnect that enables them to make that happen. And, and just really quick, you know, I, Recently, I was looking at all the posts that have been created on Uconnect. Um, I, I think it's, you know, I don't, I don't know, we have probably seven, 8,000 posts right now. And, you know, so we're, we're averaging just under 1,000 a month to, just to give people some kind of some, some understanding of, of where we're at, you know, post-wise. Out of those posts, you know, we almost have 700 content contributors or people that have at least created a post on Uconnect. So we're talking 10% of our, of our organization that's on Uconnect is actually, you know, posting that content, um, which is super helpful, right? Because we've always said, anytime we go out and, and look for, you know, a supplier or vendor to help us from the communications standpoint, we need them to make our team look larger than it really is. And like, you know, I mentioned, we have 21,000 people in the organization. We have a five person communications team, you know, uh, 
now we have 705 people, you know, that are communicating, you know, through Uconnect. So it definitely helps us out. Um, I, I think the the stat that everybody's wondering is, you know, maybe what's the ratio and, and how does how does that work for us? Right now, it's it's probably at about like 85% user generated content compared to 15% for ours. Um, and again, it's food. Right. I mean, it's, it's a great conversation point. I don't know many people that don't like talking about food, you know, uh, you know, whether it's, whether it's their recipes, things that they're seeing, you know, happening trends in the marketplace, whether it's our own private brand products on the shelves and they have, you know, an affinity for those and they're just sharing, like, I love this product and they want other people to know. I mean, I think that's, that's super cool. So, you know, when you, when you put it all together, right, we have, you know, individuals throughout the organization that have great stories. We empowered them uh, to tell them through Uconnect. We have awesome topics, you know, centered around food. Um, and, uh, and then as people are coming on, they're just seeing the conversation. They see that it's a, a welcome place for those, uh, for those topics to, to, to be brought up and, uh, and they want to get in, they want to get into that pool. When you think back through all those great pieces of content that the comms team didn't create, you said you now have a comms team of 705 people, but of that 700, is there one piece that stands out to you that, that you remember, that you resonate, or that, that discovered something that was happening in another part of the business that the comms team, frankly, didn't even really know about? Yeah, you know, that's a really good one. Um, hard to drill it down to one. I will, t I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you right off the bat and then I'll, I'll maybe tell you a couple others. You know, we recently did a, a project with the distribution centers and, um, you know, where they don't have email addresses that, you know, they're communicated through billboards and digital signage, right? And, you know, PowerPoint slides, those sorts of things. Um, and it was uh, a driver who it must have been their first week on the job and they got you know a unfi hat uh, and they had it on their dashboard <clears throat> they took a picture from the from the driver's seat you know looking at the hat and then out the front windshield and it was just you know first week on the new job really looking forward to it uh you know again it, it you know it speaks to many different things i mean obviously you remember your first day um but it's it's from a lens that i have never you know really thought about you know being behind uh before and and, and just kind of how that picture was situated you, you pretended i mean you could easily see yourself in the driver's seat you know looking out the windshield at you know the future you know so to speak mm -hmm. of what what does the job you know uh, you know possibly afford them and then obviously a great company uh, you know to be involved with so that, that's super cool um, you know, a lot of the other times, like I said, you know, it's, it's some of the great stories out there from a communication standpoint where we didn't have visibility to it before. And so being able to see that and, and communicate that either more broadly through the organization, um, you know, through our social channels, or it could be, you know, even something, you know, something bigger, maybe it's a press release or, or a media interview type thing for us. So, I mean, just the, the availability of, of, or the opportunity, you know, for, for a pitcher or a post to become something bigger in the organization is, is super cool. And then finally, I mean, you know, listen, I, I we heard uh, Brett Lutz, the VP of communication over at ADM speak before we, we joined uh, with social chorus and, and I have to give him all credit. He, he, he talked a lot about, you know, the chocolate and the vegetables, right. And, you know, corporate communications, that's, that's the vegetables on the plate, right. <laughs> it's you save it to last. You might not eat it. You may try and, you know, move it over to your brother or sister's plate when you're parents aren't looking, those sorts of things. And, and everybody else, their, their, their communications are chocolate. And I, 
I, I, the, the, the cool story about it is at the end of the day with, with something like you connect is you don't know what you're eating. You don't know if it's chocolate mm-hmm. or vegetables. Um, but it gives us the opportunity as communicators and even as leaders in the organization to, to do more, you know, some of the more chocolate type communications. So, you know, our, our CEO, uh, our COO, they've both shared, you know, pictures of them with their grandchildren, you know, on there, right. Just the really kind of the human touches you realize, I mean, Hey, these are leaders in your organization. They're, they're there for a reason. That's great. Um, but you quickly realize they put their pants on one leg at a time. You know, they have, you know, kids and grandkids too. And it's, it's fun to see that side of things. So um, lots of, lots of cool things. Uh, but the driver post for me, uh, you know, really, really stood out. I think that's great because it shows that that driver, they took the time to create that. They knew they had this, they had this vision. And, and this is what I counsel other communicators on, which, which you guys essentially got out of the way. Like our, hmm. the employees that work at these companies, they have Instagram accounts, they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're creating content outside the organization. So let them, let them do this inside. And, and when you talk about the chocolate and the vegetables, I personally like smothering vegetables and cheese as much as possible <laughs> to, to make them more palatable. So maybe we figure out with communicators, how do we put some of that, that cheese on there? And you, you had mentioned about your distribution center employees and those being the employees that, you know, that's where the magic happens yeah. for UNFI. Uh, they don't have email addresses, so we can't just send them an email and, and hope they read it. You have, you have to get creative but you recently went through an effort to get more of them active on Uconnect. So what, what did you do to, you know, make Uconnect a little more visible to them, get them to sign up and how effective was that? Yeah. Really quick about getting out of employees ways or associates ways, right? The, the cool part, the cool part about that is the questions I get most from people um, about like how to post, what to post, everything like that. That's from, from leadership you know, the associates out in the field behind the desks, they're the ones just rapid fire. They're, they're throwing it out, you know, like no, no worries, no fears whatsoever. Uh, so it's great to see that it's, it's the leaders who are, you know, we have to kind of coach through. And so I, I think it's, it's funny in that regard, how we're getting out of the way, but the ones we, we really need to help the most are our leadership, which is great because um, they're showing an interest. They want to know how to do it right. You know, and I think we can, you know, we can help them get there and, and it's, it's proven really well so far. And, and, and that even leads to the distribution center, right? Because we have, you know, again, uh, you know, 12,000 associates that are in distribution centers, whether they're in office roles, forklift drivers, uh, order selectors, uh, you know, actual physical drivers delivering the product to the stores. And, and like you mentioned, right, super hard to, to communicate with them um, consistently. The, a lot of the times, like I mentioned, uh, there might be a sheet on a billboard that's talking about open enrollment, or they've created a PowerPoint slide for the television screens in the break rooms, uh, you know, saying, hey, here are the dates for, for open enrollment or our town hall meeting. They have shift meetings, you know, every, every, you know, before every shift and then, you know, monthly, quarterly town halls. And that's their time to really kind of huddle together. And that's where we got our theme for, for, for this, uh, this project that you're working on. We called it uh, Huddle Up for Uconnect. And where we looked at, at how to, you know, really engage associates who weren't on the platform was, was telling them that this is their virtual huddle up where they can come in, you know, to the mobile app and to the desktop environment, spend a couple minutes, see what's going on, you know, at their distribution center, you know, whether it's, you know, a, you know, an update to, um, you know, some shifts, if, if there's some, you know, available openings from an overtime standpoint, you know, whether it is bigger communications like open enrollment, uh, it gives them that opportunity to, to quickly know what's going on. 
in two to three minutes as opposed to, you know, waiting till their break, you know, having to read it on the billboard, potentially never seeing it, those sorts of things. So the way we approached the huddle up for Uconnect was, was twofold. One was just straight acquisition. How do we get associates? How do we how do we make sure that they know about uh, know about UConnect? How do we get them on the platform? And then the second part was was content driven. So the content side was not uh, specific just to associates in the distribution center. This was specific to our distribution center leadership, the associates, and then our HR professionals at each one of those uh, DCs. Um, so let's talk really quick about the acquisition uh, you know side of things. How did how did we do it? This was a two-week-long program. Um, it was, uh, you know, limited to our uh, to about 30 of our non-union distribution centers at the time. We were really targeted to, to that group in particular. Um, and what we did was we made it made kind of a, a leaderboard campaign uh, where. Um, it was based on percentage growth. And then the top four distribution centers would win uh, gift cards for the associates that joined Uconnect. So the more, more associates that joined, the better chance that distribution center had of, of actually winning prizes. Um, and it wasn't everybody you know, that, that signed up from the distribution center. We had one that took uh, third place you know, that had over 200 people you know, sign up. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, budget limitations, you just can't go nuts and give everybody a gift card as much as we'd like to. But, you know, like first place was going to get 40 gift cards, second place was going to get 30, you know, 20, and then 10 for the top four. Um, so, so super cool getting the word out. We created a lot of, uh, of, you know, frankly, the billboard material, we created the PowerPoint slides, but again, we wanted this to be that huddle. So we had talking points for, for the shift, uh, shift meetings that would happen every day. We had talking points and, and slides for the town hall meetings. Uh, the HR team, again, since they were involved on the content side, they were, they were heavily involved in getting the word out. Um, you know, during the breaks, they would be going to, to a lot of the lunchroom tables and just introducing Uconnect and talking with them about it. Um, you know, it's great. I mean, Chuck, you hooked us up you know we had the you know text uh text to download option so we made it super easy for them to get involved we had qr codes um and it, you know again it was it was one of those you know um projects where at the beginning you're going okay I, I think we have everything from from the acquisition standpoint. I think um, I think this covers all of our bases. Yet I still emailed our CMO uh, at the beginning, like the night before, saying like I really hope this doesn't suck, you know. And, and just to be honest with her, and she's like, Hey, listen, to be honest with you, I hope it doesn't either, you know, because you just never know um, with individuals that that aren't communicated in this way, that it's something brand new of why should I put this on my phone? You know, you're just going to spam me with corporate messaging. I don't want to see that. I mean, so there's a lot of worries uh, involved. We had a goal of trying to get a thousand associates in the, in the two week period. We actually ended up getting 1250 uh, in that two week period. So super cool to actually see it work. Um, but I'll tell you, it was because of the leadership from the general managers uh, and the warehouse uh, supervisors, the operations supervisors, and the HR teams, you know, at each one of those DCs helping push, you know, Uconnect and talking with the associates about it. And then again, from the content side, right, I mean, it's, it's no good to get 1,250 people on Uconnect, um, you know, for one day, and then they never come back because it's not worth it to them. 
So for the content side of things, we had, you know, things like best video post, best image post, um, you know, and then we, you know, again, um, sorted it out by DC leadership associates and then HR teams and each one maybe had a unique post. So for the HR teams, it was, you know, show us your best way of, of getting people, you know, uh, enthusiastic about Uconnect. And that's where, frankly, a lot of the magic kind of happened where some of these HR professionals were going out and getting, you know, pictures uh, of everybody throughout the organization. Uh, they were doing videos and then they'd overlay it onto, onto a song like the Beatles come together, you know? So, so our HR, uh, you know, manager out in, in one of our DCs, she did, you know, coming together for you connect, you know, and it was just this video of everybody, you know, inside the DC, uh, you know, not, not only, you know, registering for you connect, but just smiling, waving and having fun. And, you know, the one thing a journalism class in high school taught me was, everybody loves seeing their picture. You know, everybody, you know, so, you know, and once they hear, Hey, yeah, you're, you're going to get a picture taken or your video is going to be, you know, part of you connect, you know, not only they're excited to have their picture taken or be part of this video, but then they're even more excited to see the final product, you know? So now it's getting mm -hmm. them into you connect. They're engaging, they see it. Hey, what's up? You know, I mean, they, they comment on it. Uh, they see that it's awesome. Our leadership sees it. We actually kind of take it and then make it a featured post for all associates to see. So again, it's, it's taking this localized opportunity to get people on Uconnect. It's featuring, you know, the associates that are there and making it happen. And then, you know, through the tool, we're broadly disseminating it out to the organization to show them, look at this DC and the company pride that they have. You know, and and again, that's something that we couldn't communicate through email before. There, there was never a way to do it, and and definitely not in real time. You know, like that. So, um, so super cool. At the end of the day, uh, I'm super glad it did not suck. Um, more associates are coming on board. You're starting to see that now that we have scale. Uh, you know, throughout the organization, we have you know roughly 30% of our non-union. Uh, distribution center associates on Uconnect. And you're starting to see that because so many of them are on already, others are joining because they're, hey, you know, Jimmy's telling them, hey, did you, did you see this? You know, and no, where is that? Oh, it's on Uconnect. You know, and, and how do you get on that? Oh, hey, here's the QR code or here's the text to download and boom, they just, they make it happen. So super fun. It didn't suck at the end of the day, but even more fun to have, to have all those associates on there because uh, again, if they weren't, that driver would have never shared the post. Um, they never would have done the video. We never would have been able to communicate it. So we spent, those are all, all great examples. Thanks for sharing all those. And we spent a lot of time talking about your, the associates there at UNFI. I want to, I want to spend a, a last part of the podcast talking about the, the comms team there and specifically your, you and your involvement. Uh, recently the team started creating these themed uh, mini comms plans for every month. And, you know, with, with so much employee generated content out there, that's obviously keeping that the program live and active and fresh all the time. It allows this team to begin planning content around some certain areas. So how has this, the strategy help with content planning, but also do you see it getting more people engaged when there's specific focus that's happening that month on a, on a certain topic inside the company? Yeah, we had, we had all great intents and purposes, you know, when we were piloting, you connect to not only drive acquisition, but also develop a really awesome content strategy. And with COVID and everything else, I mean, it just, it, 
it, it went straight to, to acquisition. And, and again, we've already talked about it. We're fortunate enough to have enough user generated content where, where things kind of just held their own on that side. But we've gotten to the point where, okay, we, we've got mass, we have scale throughout the organization as far as, you know, people on the platform. Um, but let's, let's, let's dive deeper, you know, on the content side, let's own this a little bit more. Um, so yeah, recently we just started, uh, actually, I think last month is our second month of, of picking a topic um, that's not only near and dear to the hearts of, of our associates, but also, you know, our company and our mission. So our first topic was on our, our brands plus or our private brand products uh, that, that we sell to, to retailers throughout the, throughout the country, right? And just spotlighting those. I mean, we are a, a small, it's like a top 15 CPG company at the end of the day, you know, from the private brand. So we, so we have a lot of products, maybe about five or 6,000 products that are available for consumers to purchase. But for us, it was, Hey, talk to us, you know, what are your favorite, favorite brand products? You know, um, you know, share your recipes. Uh, we have a super awesome test kitchen here in Hopkins, Minnesota. And, and with that, we have some chefs and, and, you know, food scientists who are able to design, you know, recipes, new products, uh, and so we are able to spotlight them. So not only, you know, the test kitchens themselves, but also, you know, the people, you know, making it all happen at the end of the day. So, you know, we spotlight Chef Nate and, and, and show what's going on. Again, majority of people throughout the company probably didn't know about Chef Nate or know how deep that we get into, into the private brand, um, you know, realm. Um, you know, but the cool part is, is that just by scraping the surface there a little bit, it starts, you know, three or four more conversations where, you know, Chef Nate might be talking about, you know, this type of pasta sauce. And then all of a sudden, you know, we've got somebody else in Ohio who's talking about, I love using that pasta sauce. Here's how I integrate it into my recipes. Um, and, and so we were able to see that. And then of course you got to have a little bit of fun, right? So we had a little competition about, you know, show us, you know, show us your brands. Uh, and, and people are sending in pictures, you know, not only themselves and, and their favorite products and, and how they're using it, but almost, um, you know, we didn't even know it was going to happen, but all, you know, maybe 80% of the posts were their kids, uh, <laughs> with, with the products. So, so the cool part is now, you know, you're, 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 you know, people are opening themselves up, which, which is great. Cause you get to see more about your coworkers and see the products that they like. But then all of a sudden, Hey, they're spotlighting their kids and it's, oh my gosh, I haven't seen them in so long. Look at them grow or, Hey, how are they doing? You know? So again, it's, it's content with purpose, uh, you know, where it's not just, it's not just a digital billboard. We're putting it out there, um, for just a couple people to see it's, it's really, you know, engaging with them. It's, it's sparking new conversations and they're having fun. Uh, this month we focused in on, on safety, which again, I mentioned, you know, was our, was our, you know, one of our huge initiatives as a company. Um, and just, you know, in, you know, increasing the amount of gate engagement on our, on our, what's called our zero as possible. That's our safety channel. Uh, and then next month with open enrollment and, and frankly, the winter season coming in, we're going to focus in on wellness uh, and what's happening. We, re we recently started a wellness channel, uh, you know, with uh, breast cancer awareness month and, and some other cool things. So we'll dive a little bit more into that into November. And then, and then as we go, I think each month we'll have that focus. So it keeps us grounded to say, okay, Hey, here's, here's our focus for the month. This is what we're going to communicate on um, and, and why it's important, but as well, it helps kind of spark that conversation so that when the month is over, the conversation doesn't die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what I would like to see happen is like you mentioned with that brands plus and you start to build momentum. And yeah. it's how do you let that momentum almost run on its own as you're, as you're creating these other themes and topics out there that are aligned with the company initiatives. 
And I, and I loved your tagline. There's always a few really great taglines that come out of these and yours at content with purpose. That, that's what I love to see the comms teams focus on is, is how, what is the purpose behind what we're communicating out there and how is it resonating with people? So that, that was great. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're listening to this or you're watching the video of it, you can hear in Mike's voice or see in his face how proud uh, you are of UConnect and the team there at UNFI and what you've created. What personally, Mike, as a communicator, what have you enjoyed most about this journey that, that you've started the company on? Um, that's a good one, Chuck. Uh, you know, um, you know, I think for, for communicators that are listening in, um, you know, whether you've been involved in developing social channels, social teams, you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, those sorts of things, um, or not, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, different audiences. Uh, I think the most fun part for me here is um, I'm engaging with, with my coworkers, you know, uh, you know I, and I'm seeing them engage with, with other people throughout the organization. I mean, it's cool on Twitter to be able to put something out and see people like it and share it. But frankly, I don't know who, you know, Mr. ABC is, you know, but, but I know he likes our content. That's, that's cool. Um, it's a lot more fun to see, you know, Jack and Diane uh, at this office engage with it because, you know, I have the opportunity, you know, through work to talk with them or, you know, and, and get to know them, you know, more, more than I would in just a, a general, you know, office setting. Um, so for me, I think it's, it's super cool um, that we now have this platform where we're able to communicate, you know, through multiple channels, you know, one source of truth, you know, at, at, at one point in time. Um, but throughout that entire, you know, communications, you know, timeline, we're able to see, you know, individuals that we know, you know, they're, they're family to a certain degree, uh, and we're able to see them, you know, engage and like things. And that just, it just drives, I think the, the motivation, right? I mean, I've got a channel called food fight, you know, where it's, you know, Hey, it's, it's national Boston cream pie day, you know, and frankly, Boston cream pie, there's no better pie. I don't care if you like apple or blueberry and those are great, especially with vanilla ice cream, but Boston cream pie is, is my jam. And, and, and so for me to be able to put out there, Hey, it's national Boston cream pie day. Like what's, what's your favorite pie or frankly, should Boston cream pie even be a pie? you know, and to see the conversation, you know, happen again, that's the chocolate. That's super fun. But I, I get to know people that I work with better than I ever have before uh, because of this platform. Mm. Well, thanks for all the great examples, Mike. Obviously uh, I've been along for the ride in the backseat, seeing uh, some of the success of you connect and, and know that, that the stuff you've shared will, will inspire and other people will learn from it. Uh, the podcast is called culture comms and cocktails. Uh, so wrap this up, almost wrap it up with the last question. So Mike, what is your favorite cocktail or where do you like to go to get your favorite cocktail? Yeah, uh, yeah I'm not a cocktail guy, but I am a beer guy. I have, I have always been a beer guy since day one. Um, my wife, who hopefully will never listen to this, but maybe she will. I met her because she worked at a bar. No, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> we went to college together. She just happened to work at a bar. I, I ended up going to it. But they had like 21 taps. It was like the Mecca. You know, what do you want to try today? But I'll, I'll be honest, uh, one of my best friends from college, uh, he has a master's in chemistry. And I remember, shoot, Chuck, this is probably like 15 years ago. All of a sudden, he calls me and he's like, hey, I bought a, I bought a beer making kit you know, you want to come over and let's get this going. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, and we had no idea what we were doing, but you know, when that beer was done, you know, months later and trying it, it was, you know, it tasted better because it was our own. 
and we really got into it. Um, you know, obviously he, it was his kid. He made a lot more. He's made over probably about 200 different beers now, but, um, to me, that's, that's where it's, it's at is being able to, you know, have a beer, sit down with some friends and family, uh, you know, whether you're at a bar, you know, somebody's backyard and, and just having, having a good time catching up with anybody. Um, it is, I, I mean, we might be just past a little bit. I, I am a huge Oktoberfest uh, beer guy. I, I love Oktoberfest. Um, and, you know, hopefully many people listening in, right, they've got their favorite local brewery. I'm sure there's, you know, there's awesome stuff. Um, we've got an, an old school one here called Grain Belt. They make uh, one called Northeast, uh, which is named after a neighborhood here in Minneapolis. And it's just, a, it's a kind of a, a dark lager, but, you know, it's uh, it's got great flavor to it. I think you can have it year round. Um, you know, summer ales. I mean, you just can't go wrong. There's, there's so many good ones, but if uh, I, I take an Oktoberfest, if it's in October, I take it. If it was in April, uh, it doesn't matter when that's uh, that, that Mars and maltiness is, it just hits home for me. Uh, I was hoping you were going to recommend some sort of Prince themed cocktail or something you know i yeah well there is the purple rain i think which is like the similar to a grape ape i again my wife she was the bartender she knows more about this i think (laughs) it's got four different types of alcohol in it and you should probably only have one maybe two (laughs) i think in your life but definitely one or two for a night you know but uh yeah and if you're ever in town definitely go over to paisley park check out uh check out prince's home it's it's worth it's worth the tour and the trip and then, and then for the final question, you know, one thing, Mike, you and I have connected on over the past several months are sports cards. Yes. So this now is culture, comms, cocktails, and cards. And cards. So as a, as a sports card uh, enthusiast, I guess I would say, or have an affinity for it, what is your favorite sports card? What's that iconic sports card for you? Well, one I will never have is the 1952 Topps Mickey Mantle card. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Chuck, I don't know about you, but like I, when I was a kid, right, it would, I'd go to my local card store, I'd get that Beckett magazine, and I'd go right to 1952 and look up Mantle. And <laughs> I mean, when we were kids, right, and when that card was what, like two, five thousand dollars right. three, five, you know, something like that. I mean, but like, you know, to a 10, 12 year old kid, like thousands of dollars for a baseball. Might as well card. be a million dollars. Well, it might be nowadays <laughs> with the way things are going, you know, but I mean, I was, I grew up in the junk wax era of collecting. So, you know, there were thousands of everything available, but you know, the, the 89 upper deck Griffey, uh, yep. is, is one. I have the, the 84, uh, uh Mark McGuire rookie card, the, the USA baseball. I still remember being in college, him and Sammy Sosa, you know, bringing yep. baseball back, you know, with the home runs um, and watching that card go up in value and now watching it, you know, go off a cliff in value. But <laughs> it's never been about the value. It's always it's always about the hunt, you know, and just, you know, getting a couple packs and being like, hey, I kind of want to try and find this card or that. And and when you do, it's 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 pretty awesome. You know, you feel like, you know, it's a little bit of a treasure hunt, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, I think back to the the '89 Upper Deck Griffey was a big one for me. The it was the the '85 Tops Eric Davis because I remember uh, packs of cards were fifty cents a piece yes. then, and I paid five dollars to buy that card, and I still have it today. Uh, that that meant a lot, and I also remember the the score. Do you remember the score card with Bo Jackson, black and white? He had the he had the pads on, but then holding the bat. Holding the bat. Yeah, right. absolutely. Like that was yeah. a pretty iconic uh, card. If I remember right, it's the 1990 score set. I have it downstairs in my basement. <laughs> I was looking for that card the other day and couldn't find it. So I obviously like took it out and I put it somewhere. I'm really mad that I don't have it. 
Um, but I found the Bo Breaker one where he broke the bat over his knee. You know, there were like yeah. fluorescent lightning bolts going down the side. I mean, I don't know what people were thinking when they were designing cards in the 80s, but uh, if it was neon, it was hot. But I wish, I, I've said this to you before, I wish I had a passion for a single player like you do with Eric Davis. Uh, and I, I just, uh, I'm, I'm so impressed by that. And, you know, I, I was thinking about who that might be around here. I think it might be like a Kirby Puckett or something like that. And he was just Ken Herbeck. Herbeck. I mean, yeah, right. I mean, that dude grew, I mean, so like, you know, Herbeck, Winfield, Molitor, Jack Morris, you know, uh, Hey, you know, whenever it was 91. So it was, you know, what's this now? 29 years ago yesterday was when we won game seven. I mean, you watch like the world series last night and you know, they pull their guy in the what six inning with like 70 pitches. And back in 91, Jack Morris goes, you know, 10 innings of shutout baseball. You know, the manager comes over and tells him it's going to be his last inning. He tells him to <clears throat> bleep off. And you know, he's like, and it's, it's great because Tom Kelly said, if I would have put in a reliever, you know, if I brought in another pitcher for, for Morris, there would have been two guys on the mound because Jack wasn't coming out. You know, and then you look at it today, and unfortunately, with pitch counts and sabermetrics and everything like that, you got to pull a guy, and I don't know if it costs you the World Series, but it might have cost you the game. And um, anyway, it's it's stuff like that. Those iconic players. I mean, for you, Eric Davis, for me, some of those Minnesota guys uh, that we look up to and 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 appreciate. And and frankly, you know, when you don't have a whole lot of great sports stories to tell because it's Minnesota, and there's been no other you know state that have had as many like you know, depressing sports moments than Minnesota. And I'll, I'll, I'll go to the, my grave with that. It's the ones that, you know, when there's really awesome things that happen that, you know, you just hold those near and dear to your heart. Yeah. 91 world series for me. Yeah. So I think we just added a new segment, Minnesota, Minnesota twins, baseball history. Uh, oh, with, with Mike, with Mike we Wilkin. Can go, we can go all day long on that one. <laughs> uh, well, Mike, again, thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Love hearing all the examples. I know you're proud of UConnect, the UNFI comms team, all the people that have been involved in there. That's clearly very apparent. And uh, maybe we'll have you back on in a year to see the continued growth and, and hear new stories from uh, Minnesota and UNFI. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Chuck. And I, I would be remiss to, to say, you know, Jeff, Mary, Crystal, and Dean on our communications team, uh, none of this exists without them. Um, they are they are a communications family to me. I love them and, and their talents that they bring. So uh, I, I'm here representing them, but uh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. If you enjoyed what you heard from this episode and want to check out others, find Culture Comes and Cocktails on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen. And when you do, hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. This has been Culture Comms and Cocktails, internal comms served straight up. Thanks for listening.